Folks, take it from me, NBA legend Bill Walton. Like all great experiments in American history, the 3 and D Love podcast will revolutionize your life. Welcome to the 3 and D Love NBA podcast. Thanks for joining us, and I'm your host, Michael Eaney. We're joined, as always, by the brother, Ryan Eaney, and, of course, our namesake, the venerable D-Love, Derek Lovegren. Here we go. Welcome back to what some may call our favorite night of the Cardi Cup, night three. We're here to discuss uh, a number of superlatives for the NBA upcoming season, uh, but joined by Ryan and Derek again, guys. Welcome back. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> I, I actually would like to start tonight. I, I have an apology uh, for you, Michael. Oh, um, and last night's pod for, for those who listened to it, we were discussing Draymond Green and I was making the argument that his value had diminished. I pointed out that he averaged seven points a game. I did fact check it. it. He actually averaged 7.5. So I could have rounded up to eight. <laughs> I went down. That, that was way out of line. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I'll forgive your disingenuous argument. Uh, water nearly as substantially as it did in the moment, but uh, you know, all's well that ends well, my friend. Water under the bridge. I'm glad well, you come around on Draymond's value. <laughs> well, that's what I hear when you're apologizing. Yes, clear the air. Thank you. Uh, but but to to finish to wrap up the Cardi Cup, we we have uh, what I like to call our NBA superlatives. We picked six categories. Um, we'll, we'll discuss our picks for the conference finals, our title, uh, pick, uh, MVP rookie of the year, coach of the year. And then my personal favorite, because I'm a sadist, I guess first coach fired. Uh, so <laughs> we call it a sociopath in my, in uh, my field. Okay. Magnificent. If the shoe fits. Is that friend. your professional opinion? <laughs> so We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll throw it around the loop here. So Derek, let's start with you. Which, which category do you want to start and then tell us what your pick is? Oh gosh. Uh, this, this is fun. I, I think I'll go with, uh, I think this will be a topic for a lot of us to weigh in on. So I'm going to say first coach fired, although it's your favorite, maybe we should hold off on that. No, let's do it. This is like, this is like supporting actor at the Academy (laughs) Awards. You go right in. Yeah, okay. I don't want to hear about right. the editors or the yeah, the, like it costume design. Go hit All it. All right. Well, the team that you guys include in your top ten that I did not include, so you could probably see the writing on the wall. But uh, it's it's Tibbs or Thibs oh, or whatever. Wow. I think, I think he's probably worn out his welcome. He had a nice year there, but things have been moving one. south, and I think that uh, things are kind of combustible there in New York. There is. Uh, too many guys that uh, have not uh, mastered the art of good shot selection in New York. I don't think Tibbs can control it. He looks like he's becoming uh, increasingly agitated, and he always looks agitated anyway. It just looks ice, like he's even getting worse. So, so yeah, I think I don't. I don't think I think the marriage is going to end in New York with New York. And is it Tibbs or Tibbs? We still don't know that, but uh, <laughs> I think he's on the going to be on the outs. I, what is, what is the what is the limit for these retread coaches where they had some success and they get to, they get to ride on the success of like the Derrick Rose Bulls? I mean, does Tibbs get another job at this point, or do you, is this all she wrote if if she he ends up ultimately flaming out in New York again? I think history tells us there might be another job waiting for him at any point. 
Because I guess he's like he's sort of like Stan, right? He he had the initial run. Uh, well, I guess if, if Stan was a little unique that he got knifed in the back by his mentor uh, <laughs> Pat Riley, but but he had the run with one team, and then he got he parlayed that into like full control of a team, which did not go as well, and then he got a job just back to coaching. Um, so yeah, I think I can't really see uh, Thibodeau um, being a top analyst at TNT. So I think he'll probably be looking for another job. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we need, we, we don't need any more Van Gundy's that's for sure. Um, yeah. That's a really good, that's a really good selection. I, I actually really struggled with this and I actually, at one point, I, I was considering um, just choosing none because I remembered a few years ago, it was the <laughs> first time in like 50 years, but no one got fired. And it was actually hard to go through. I think Thibodeau is a really good one. Um, and it, But, the, you know, the odds that gets that, you know, for that actually happening, everyone gets fired is, are, are very small. Um, so I actually, you know, I looked at a few options. I think it was hard because a number of them, like, Either like they know their team's going to be bad, they're not going to, and or they have like a number of years left on their contract. So I thought about none. I thought about Nash, just if things just go <laughs> crater. But it's it seemed like that'd be hard for the owner to walk back. So I actually went with um went with Dwayne Casey. Mm. Um, wow. Yeah. I was just trying to look for guys that didn't don't have long-term contracts. His contract expires next year. So there's not like a ton of money left. Uh, they don't have high expectations externally. Like none of us picked them for the, for the play in. And I think they're like Pilton computer rankings are like 27 wins or something, but Troy Weaver ne- didn't hire Casey. He predates him. And I could see like internal expectations, like wanting to see, that group like get better and like take a step forward um, and see them not doing that and sort of get Weaver feeling some pressure to, you know, kind of like Carlissimo to Scotty Brooks sort of situation, like get another voice in there. Um, but Casey's a great guy. People really like him, but you know, the, the, the man himself, Ujiri decided he was not the guy to get into the promised land and he was right. So <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. But that's where I that's where I came out. But Michael, who do you this is your Wait, favorite category? Be, before Michael goes, I, I think that um it's a bold pick. I think it's it's a good pick. Your rationale is good. But I think your guy, Isaiah Stewart, is gonna save his job because he is becoming he's learning how to master. shoot three pointers. He is now going to be a force on the offensive end <laughs> and he won't stop shooting. He's been jacking up constantly during preseason and making some. So uh, go dogs, go dogs. Mention, right. <laughs> I don't know how Hopkins got him to come to UW, but I'm not asking any questions. I'm very thankful. Yeah. Uh, big stew, man. Yeah. Really um, NIL money. I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm thankful. Yeah. And if he does it, he'll do, if if anyone tries to fire him, he'll start chasing him down. So it'll be like yeah, LeBron, yeah, <laughs> like LeBron yeah. in his in his in his sights. <laughs> First time we've seen LeBron ever look terrified. I think on yeah. a basketball court. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't even wa- watch wrestling really growing up, but whoever put the video, like the sound of the wrestling, one of the wrestling announcers, like yeah. <laughs> two Stewart trying to chase down. Yeah, LeBron was just, it was so great. I just that was perfect. So. 
All right. So our our resident sadist um, <laughs> gets excited about people losing their jobs. My sociopath. Yeah. Is, that, it, is it really losing your job if you lose the responsibility but still get the paycheck? I mean, that doesn't really feel like losing point. said job. Well, there has been a lot of research done about the meaning that work gives us. Um, <laughs> so uh, there's mil- also research about the meaning of millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can, yeah, yeah, hey, you can ask, ask I, that. I think we brought this up last year, but Doug Moe once brought a bottle of champagne to his press conference after he got fired. So, oh, yeah. You know, it's uh, to each their own, I think. Well, I, I think, you know, we, we there's a little bit of an epidemic of quiet quitting in our culture, apparently. That's what LinkedIn, <laughs> LinkedIn, oh, yeah. LinkedIn keeps telling me that my generation is just mailing in their jobs. I think Doc Rivers is leading the, leading the way there. Oh. He, he's not my pick, but he does seem like he's trying to get uh, to kind of mail it in. So maybe that should have been some of my concerns with the Sixers last night. But alas, I did not pick Doc Rivers. I uh, I I picked Nate McMillan, and so hmm. my, Ooh. Ca- my, my Ooh. case McMillan. That's a good one. Was, yeah. was you guys both did strong options? Wow. I, th- I think high expectations that that are not are a little unfounded. Uh, he was an interim guy that got kind of parlayed into the permanent role. And he's just—he's been a guy who's always been a, a yeah. middle of the road coach. Like it just feels like this is the two-letter scenario. This is a two-letter scenario. <laughs> this is the two-letter yeah. scenario. Yeah, I like it. So, yeah, I—I—I I, I would hate to see Nate, you know, not not succeed. But it just feels like, you know, of all the options, it feels like probably the one that that to me was most viable. The the thing that I always get stuck on though when I go through all these coaches. You, you forget like how many coaches are are early in their jobs like yeah, yeah, yeah there's there's not anybody that's been around four and five years like it feels like it's like two or three or the the, the stalwarts like spo and popovich and stuff like that but but otherwise it is um it, it's it's just pretty unique especially with the like six to eight teams that effectively are intentionally not winning Right. All of a sudden. Right. They're off the board. You know, it's yeah. like Mark Dagnalt is like, you know, it's, it's, he's not exactly a candidate for first coach fired. Who? I think they, they, they fired what they fired. Uh, um, Donovan. Donovan. Yeah. Or not fired. Yeah. They, they mutually separated yeah. because Donovan didn't want to tank. And mutually. they basically. They they hired a suit and paid him like 800 grand. He's like the cheapest coach by a factor of three. It's like Clay Bennett, man, keeps saving the shekels. When did firing coaches become like a conscious uncoupling? Like, where did that? Who knew Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop would influence our? uh, We've decided to part ways. Like, (laughs) we is this mutual? Yeah, right. Is this mutual? Is it me? Is it you? Chris Martin disagrees. Yeah, exactly. that reminds me when uh you know when when Norm McDonald got fired from Saturday Night Live and then he uh he went back to host Saturday Night Live like a year later and uh, he he in his monologue he said yeah I had a a little disagreement with the uh, the, the executives with NBC uh, you see I wanted to keep my job um, <laughs> and uh, they saw <laughs> it's pretty crazy like that's a great point because it, it is crazy looking back like when Sandler came back and hosted. A year or two ago, and he he sang the song. Um, we sang the song for Farley, which was really great. Like later on in the in the in the uh, episode, but 
for his monologue, he talked about being fired like by SNL. And then um, like Chris Rock came out and he got fired too in the same time. And Farley got fired. Like they all like, like Michael's got like, I think looking back on it, I think Simmons has said like, that was like, like getting like that group, like, like, Lauren got pushed, particularly on McDonald, but like he got kind of his hand forced and it was like a little bit touch and go in terms of like where SNL was going to go from that period of time. But it's so crazy, right? Because D, that was like our peak. Like Michaels always says that your favorite cast is the one when you're in high school. So like, yeah, I think that's true of me. Like I love obviously like the Hartman, Carvey, Myers, but but those guys like Farley and Sandler were like the key guys. And then I really like the Farrell group that came in next. Like Farrell was amazing, but yeah. just it's just so crazy looking back on it that they like the highest gr- grossing comedy actor of all time, like one of the greatest stand-ups probably of his era. I mean Chappelle, but like up there, right? right. And, and then and Farley like you know obviously rest in peace but it's just like those guys were like the best like, ever far yeah, yeah 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 Every, no no sort of acknowledge exactly no ever, everyone yeah. there knows yeah. he's the best i think sandler even said that in his song about him like norm, norm did too yeah yeah like he's the best like there's no yeah. one better i did love that i saw that odenkirk you know bob odenkirk um a better call Saul fame he actually wrote he wrote Matt Foley. Yep, he, motivational speaker. Yeah, yeah. He he wrote it for best Farley kid ever <laughs> at Second City. Yep. Like, so like Farley was doing that at Second City like hundreds no. of times. Yeah, yeah. And then Odin Kirk <laughs> went to SNL as a writer for Second City, and Farley went as like a uh, featured player or whatever, and they pulled it out and did it, and it was like, yeah, it was like really. I saw. I think Odin Kirk and Howard Stern. And he got interviewed about it, and it was so like it was just like he was like, yeah. There's no yeah. one, there's no one else that can do could do it. Yeah, we we don't always appreciate things at the time. Like uh, I think what uh, President Truman had one of the worst ratings uh, presidential rings ever. Then history considers him great. That was yeah. like the golden era of SNL. Yeah, no, totally. And it's only historically that that we appreciate how good it was. And then I have to add too in that monologue with Norm, he said. Now, let me get this straight. So I was fired. They didn't want me on the show. And now it's less than a year later. They want me back, which means all of a sudden I'm now funny or the show has just gotten really bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we always talk about Norm, but his update, it's like, you know, it's again. It's like the high school update that we had. So again, that's like my peak as Lauren Michaels. That's my peak update. But I just don't even understand how you could compare like the current update um, or even like the Seth Meyers update and the like, it's just not like, that's the peak of update. Yeah. Like you can't do it any better. And I know he was like solo and he kind of did his own thing. And like, he wasn't necessarily a team player. And obviously he went after Olmeyer and OJ and all those guys. So <laughs> Um, no, Omar went after him. He went after. Oh, OJ, that's true. And then the rumor was that because Omar was friends with OJ, that's, that's why he got fired. Although Norm never actually believed. Uh, he always says Omar just called him and said he didn't think he was funny. Yeah, and, uh, he was like, "Wow, that's that's even worse news than me getting fired." Isn't it? <laughs> I, mean, I would have grounds for a lawsuit in most professions, but. Uh... <laughs> well, it, 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 I don't know if you guys are really watching it these days, but just watching update with michael che and colin jost you're just it's just not it's just nowhere near yeah. 
and I, I don't, I don't and I don't know if it's like they're trying, like they're doing it a certain way. Like it's sort of there's an ir- irony to it, or like we know we're doing it this way, but it's just not. It's not great. Although I did like, I think Colin Joe's wrote a wrote a memoir about like something about having a punchable face. I think someone had told him he had a punchable face, <laughs> and I did think I meant to bring that up last last pod because I did think about it in terms of the Draymond situation because. <laughs> Jordan Poole definitely has a punchable face, you know, <laughs> like he, no one deserves to get punched, but he, he definitely has a one. And you think about it, Colin just has one too, but oh man. Lillard agrees, I guess. I don't yes, know. exactly. Lillard, we've come full circle. Cause I want to ask the question before we move on from first coach fired, did anybody consider Chauncey Billups? I did. Yeah, I that, did. that's a really good question. I, I did, and I, I sort of had to compartmentalize it. And and I don't think he would be fired because of Lillard. I, I mean, Lillard has a lot of loyalty toward him, and I don't know if that's changed in the last year, but... Well, Lillard I, was I a stay out of it, remember? Lillard got brought into everything when he got hired. Like, it was Yeah, like, that's that's true. It yeah. was like all the stuff resurfaced about Billups past. And yeah. Lillard's like, true. why am I getting asked about this, man? Yeah. I just yeah, want to go. I want to go spar with someone and have some ice cold Modellos. Just, uh... <laughs> just saying, you got to keep your star happy, you know. Well, and that's that's the question, right? It's I, I think obviously last year's a bit of a pass, but you have the change in leadership, right? You know, Cronin's on on the job, signing this year, little the wonderful under market contracts. So you, you just wonder if if this season does go a bit sideways is there a reconsideration? Because it's not like he lit the world on fire, even with the fact that they sort of intentionally tanked. You know, there wasn't a lot to take away from last year. Um, but it is, uh, it did bum me out to kind of go, I think that's that's not uh, totally too far afield. Yeah. Um, he's on watch. He's on watch. <laughs> I'm sure. But, but I mean, he's in year two of a five-year deal. I mean, that was what got me. Is this like, it's like, is Jody Allen going to want to like eat you know, 25 million bucks. I mean, Paul Allen wouldn't have Why cared, not? But <laughs> I was going to say, if it doesn't count against your cap, I mean, uh, yeah, need it. <laughs> One other yeah. thing on coaches, like, uh, Michael, you brought up Doc Rivers. There was a big piece, I think it was, you know, today or yesterday in The Ringer by Kevin O'Connor about Maury. And it was really, it kind of went back through some of the history. <laughs> and like, I hadn't really known this part of it, but I knew Maury got his job with the Celtics because he, worked at the consulting firm that like was part of the deal, like kind of like the owners who bought, he worked kind of for the consultant his his firm with the guys who actually ended up buying the Celtics. But then Maury came on and he actually was doing more like business stuff, like ticket sales or analyzing ticket trends and stuff like that. And then he was just trying to get in on some of the NBA stuff with Danny Ainge. Um, but then you know, Les Alexander, the owner of the Rockets, who was like a Wall Street guy, decided he wanted to get like Billy Bean. He's like, I want Billy Bean, basically. And he actually tried to hire Billy Bean. He like he like made an offer to Billy Bean to come become the GM of the Rockets. <laughs> Billy Bean was like, no, thanks. Um, so he started looking around and like a headhunter whoever was was like, hey, like, you know, Daryl Morey's like kind of in this world. Like, would you want to talk to him or at least get some ideas from him? And so they met and hit it off and, you know, he got hired and, um, it, when he, he, like when he got hired by the Rockets, it took the Celtics so off guard that he, he got the job 
Doc Rivers didn't even know who he was when he got the job with the Rockets. It was like, I worked here. So it just really cracked me up because when, when Maury got the job, you know, with the Celtic, with the Sixers after Rivers had already been hired, it was like, oh, yeah, we go way back. We work together with the Celtics. <laughs> Rivers had no idea. No idea. It's it like so great. Oh, man. That's a great uh, story. All right. So, all right, Ryan, you're up. So we did first coach fired. So I think it's only fair that we go to uh, coach of the year. Um, for for these type of predictions, which it it probably does not like it's it's not a logical approach that I take, but I sort of look at my predictions and then I look at those vis a vis my double down, Michael Malone, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Mike to you. Oh wait. <laughs> I, I think I picked Doc Rivers a coach of the year one year, and now I'm picking Mike Malone. I do not I do not pick my favorite coaches. I just I stick, I double down on a pair of eights or whatever it is, blackjack. So here we go, man. Mike Ole Malone. I think the Nuggets are gonna go. Um, they're gonna win, they're gonna win the West in the uh, regular season. I think people will be very impressed by that. He's obviously a made man in the NBA fraternity. And I thought about Tyrone Lue if they if they go um, and the Clippers really do well, but I think people expect that. So I was looking for someone a little bit more unexpected. So, um, so as Gray Popovich is not is not uh, going for the championship this year. So I decided <laughs> to go with Michael Malone. Um, Interesting. But Mike Mike Eaney, who who do you have? Oh man, I can't wait for your Jokic three peat MVP pick here in a few minutes. <laughs> uh, I also doubled down on some of my predictions and I'm glad to hear Chris, that my Chris Fitch, my man is doing is pulling all nighters. Yes. You mean Fitch to optimize his offense <laughs> that albeit will have some challenges, but it's only, he doesn't view these challenges as obstacles. He views them as a opportunities Opportunity, yeah, to, yeah. to to show the world how how capable he is. Right, he was an obscure hire. He was plucked mid season off the Raptors bench to, to to step into the head coaching role in Minnesota. He surpassed David Vanderpool, uh, one of our favorite uh, pickup stories. Uh, <laughs> and you know, it's Finch's time. The man, the myth, the legend. He's gonna he's gonna turn water into wine here in, in Minnesota. They're gonna they're gonna far uh, out out kick their coverage. So that's my man, Chris uh, Finch. I should have picked him for first coach fired. Just to really <laughs> spice up our wager and everything. He makes an appearance actually in the Maury piece as well because he got hired. His first job in the NBA or just kind of you know it was the D League or G League at the time, but it was. Maury hired him to be his uh, G League coach when they were like trying out some of their stuff about like you know shooting all the threes and everything. So Finch had an interesting quote. Like he's he's definitely used to like Finch is one of the first um, kind of the this this first group of coaches who are now head coaches that are used to the control being in the GM level, like where the GMs are really like calling the shots and the coach is sort of implementing the vision and it's a partnership, but it's kind of, um, so I think that's, you know, it's interesting. And I, and I, I do feel like Connolly like lucked into a really good coach. I think Finch is a really good coach. So, um, yeah, we'll see, but D love who, uh, who do you have? 
JB Bickerstaff, who we talked hey. about last night. I'm all hey. in, on the, all in on the Cavaliers. Go Cavs. Wow. I think he, he's staying up all night figuring out how to get Donovan Mitchell to be on board with the master plan. Um, <laughs> and he, he knows how to utilize these twin towers with uh, yeah. Allen and Mobley. So, I mean, I had them as a number four seed. So I'm, I'm all in on the Cavaliers and JB. I like it. I like that. We're all following the same strategy. It's like, if it's the just, first, the first prediction is wrong, then we're going to be doubly wrong. If it's yeah. right, we're doubly right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No hedging our bets this year. That's right. No hedging. no hedging. Uh, oh, I will. I, I am glad that we're pretty dispersed in all our picks. I think at one point, what was it? Was it last year or two years ago where we all picked Luke Walton and we're all correct in first? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we just already gave, we gave ourselves the points. We just knew it was going to yeah. happen. Um. Okay, so we got coach of the year. We got first coach fired. Now, um, let's move to rookie of the year. Um, you know, this one, this this one feels like um, boring, the, boring, the kind of a boring, boring, yeah. boring pick. But Paolo Banchero is is my selection, and it's almost exclusively based on the fact that he sure seems like he's going to have a lot of opportunities to score the basketball, <laughs> like. <laughs> As as like a kind of like modern day power forward, like a slashing guy, I've seen a, a whole lot of clips of him hitting step back jumpers at like 18 feet. Like he it, he kind of operates like he's Carmelo Anthony a little bit is what I've seen yes. so far, yes. which which gives me a lot of concern for the future Long of the term. magic organization organization. Yes. But I think Carmelo Anthony. Would you know if he hadn't been you know in LeBron James class would have been a great in, uh, rookie of the year candidate. So the uh, that 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 that's my pick. Um, Paolo's going to have some options. Go you know and, and reference Seattle. So where are you guys at? I think this is the Luke Walton scenario. Um, <laughs> I actually gave a little bit of thought to to Keegan Murray. Yeah, that's another um, option. I think he's a really good player, um, but. Yeah, and is it Bancaro or Banchero? I um, I don't know the pronunciation, but uh, we'll sure find out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just the, I think it's just the obvious choice. He's gonna he's gonna put up the numbers, and of course, I think Orlando is gonna uh, surprise everyone with how many the wins they're gonna have. So yeah, uh, I mean Wagner is gonna create a lot of opportunities for him because Wagner is now the distributor. So. I think Thank that one might be Wagner just for it's Banchero, right? Yeah, sorry. Banchero. I think it's Banchero. But yeah, Franz is, is is straight out of Germany. Nance so. called him Bancaro, but okay. Maybe you're right. <laughs> yeah, you gotta go with Nance on that one. Um yeah, I mean I I I went chalk as well. I, I did I feel like Murray was the other option. I just get worried about Darren Fox actually passing the ball enough, um, but it seems like he's going to score. I mean, there's the guy, um, you know, there's the Indiana rookie from Arizona who also seems like he's going to. Oh, Benedict Mathurin. Yeah, Mathurin was another guy that came up. But, yeah, it just I would have loved if Holmgren had not gotten hurt to pick Holmgren just from yeah, like a, 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 a Scotty Barnes, like fill the stat sheet sort of perspective but um I, i'm right with you michael in terms of 
the analysis of Benchero and sort of his strengths and weaknesses. And um, my biggest concern with him is he just did not have, he wasn't getting to the rim like with ease in college. And I know like the college game's pretty ugly and everyone's kind of, you know, sitting in the paint and grabbing and holding and doing it, whatever. So um, hopefully that's the concern. Um, but yeah, I think, I think he's this, he's the, been clearly the best bet of anybody. So. All right. Lovegren, you're up MVP. You could go an unconventional route and, and tell us your title pick before you t- tell us your conference finalists or uh, conference finalists. Where do you want to go next? Uh, yeah, let's go with MVP, but um, this is a pretty plain answer here. Um, first of all, Joel Embiid will not win MVP. I know he basically said he he uh, had given up hopes of ever winning it after last year. Um, and I think he's right. Um, he's, <laughs> it, D, is that called reverse psychology? Is that actually a term? Is that a term you use in the industry? I think it's, I think it's called a sober attachment to reality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like his healthiest year he's going to ever have, and he didn't win MVP. So um, I think the Greek freak is going to win it, get his, this will be, his, would be his third, I believe. So um, I think he uh, is, this year is not even going to be close. He's just going to blow everyone out of the water. Uh, I think. Uh, I do actually sometimes worry a little bit about his ability to uh, avoid getting hurt. I don't think he has, it's not a perfect track record, but Man. better than, better than some guys. Um, so yeah, it's uh, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't, I he didn't knows, wrestle he, with anyone else really. You're, so you're saying D that Giannis needs to go to Pete, Pete Newell, big man falling camp. Maybe just one day a summer. He doesn't have to go over the full week that uh, AD and, and NBA well, need to go to, but. Apparently Embiid is as he had he has perfected the fall that if you fall in the right way it's not about falling or not it's it's falling the right way to uh properly you know protect your body there's there's a new there's always new evolutions to this uh the science so you know whatever <laughs> i think you should stay off the floor but <laughs> <laughs> it's uh The Giannis pick is is also my pick. And we don't need to go to Ryan. We know it's Jokic already for the three-peat. But, <laughs> or at least we'll give him a chance to confirm. But I'll go first. I, yeah, I picked Giannis too. And I think, I actually think this is more of a hopeful pick for me than anything else. I think it'd really be fun to watch Giannis come out just and, and just terrorize the NBA. Like really kind of assert his will and kind of reestablish or further cement maybe that he's just like, he's here to stay. And he's sort of like the, the new kind of alpha dog. Um, and that would be, that would be really, I can be a really fun storyline just to see, you know, how the bucks sort of transcend kind of going into the playoffs. So I think that's my hope. I, I honestly am. I, I have, this feels like one of the more wide open races because I think what we see in these, when you see, have a player like Jokic went back to back MVPs, the bar, inevitably is like substantially higher it's kind of the theory why curry might not ever win another mvp even if he has a really remarkable season like these guys you know it's the same issue that Giannis has it's it's that they they won it they won it once then their next season was even better so they won it again 
but then winning it a third time seemingly seems to be this insurmountable level that that we haven't seen recently. So um I think I had gone Doncic two years in a row. So I almost went Doncic a third time. Maybe this is actually the year it turns the corner, but I have my own concerns with the Mavs. So I settled on Giannis. I don't feel great about it, but uh, it does feel like a pretty wide open race here um, coming coming into the season. So yeah, Ryan, I think I think I took oh, Don, Doncic last year too. And who did you take last year, Ryan, before you say yours? I'm curious if you remember. Uh, I'm with Michael. I picked Doncic the last two years. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, with Giannis, I think, you know, you know, I respect both of your uh, acumen and your analytical ability when it comes to NBA. It's, it's, it's you know, bar none. Um, but unfortunately, there's a person, uh, there's a person involved with Giannis's candidacy that has a vote that really matters. And that's Coach Bud, because Coach Bud <laughs> can either ratchet him da- up to 32 minutes a game or ratchet him uh, down to minutes a game. And we know what's happening. I mean, per minute, he's definitely the permanent MVP every year. It's just kidding. Actually, is he gonna is he gonna let him take it by force or is he gonna make him come have a 10, 10 p.m. curfew? Um, <laughs> that's my concern because he's the best player in the NBA, clearly. So, um, and I think it'd be great too if he did win it. I think it's important. Like, I mean, this is maybe kind of a Bill Simmons sort of thing, but I do think it's important that these guys do like when they're close, they win the title. They sorry, they win the title, they win the MVP, they win finals MVP. Like that stuff matters, and I think. You saw it with the Curry stuff where everyone still would use that as like when we argue about sports, like these types of things do matter. And I wonder if that's like Embiid, like Embiid knows, like it's just going to be like hard to overcome these guys. And that was maybe his best shot ever. And he couldn't pull it off. And um, so, yeah, so I, I, um, thought, I thought a lot about Giannis. I think Jokic, I do think there's a, there is a path that people have pointed out like Zach Lowe or Simmons that if they do, you know, if, if, I guess if, if Mike Malone is the coach of the year and they're the number one seed in the West, then, you know, maybe he'll have an argument. I think more than likely the other guys that come back and play really well to help them do that, will get a lot of the credit. So, um, so I'm, I'm sticking with Luca for a third year. I can't, I can't shake him. Um, Another do- another double down because I have them in the top four. Yeah, it would be good. I think, you know, I haven't seen. I I, I wish the Euro Cup had uh, had kept going to like the day before training camp, so I would <laughs> I would know that he'd be coming into training camp looking exactly like he looked in Euro Euro basket, which was <laughs> he was like, you know, it was great. He was looking he was looking strong and fit and everything. So we'll see how much damage he did to his body uh in the three <laughs> three or four weeks since then uh but yeah i just think he's he's incredible and I think d as you said you know brunson was the you know number two guy in a one-man team so um <laughs> i don't really yeah it's like i mean it's sort of like the hard like what hard one mvp i mean it's gonna be like that he just has the ball in his hands all the time it's like is he gonna be fit enough to actually just carry that and do it and not have those swings where he does it because they they can have a top 10 even with wood maybe top 12 defense again um and if they have that then they'll win some games maybe not top four but they'll still win some games and be in there and um you kind of wonder if he could make a jump you know even from what he's done so far so yep can't quit luca nice strong choice good loyalty too 
like you're gonna you're gonna see this one through and yeah by, by the way by the way for all my Jokic love i didn't predict to be the mvp either the last two years <laughs> like, uh, you're a benefit two years ago i would have beaten peter meyer if i had picked Jokic as the mvp oh. you know i don't know the one that got away i know man <laughs> oh all right rye all right um you want to go by conference yeah let's do conference so we can end with the champ um yeah. I'm going to start with Western Conference champion. Um, as you know, I had, the, I had the Nuggets first. I think I had the Clippers second. Um, but I'm going to go with the Warriors. I think it's like the safest pick. I think it's really, for me, a Steph pick because he's just so, so amazing. And I, I don't think any of those other teams are really going to scare them that much. Um, I'm not really concerned with the Draymond drama affecting the other guys i just wonder if draymond will go south at some point but steph's the top 10 player in the league history and i think he could go even higher and um i don't know if the mesh with the new generation and the light year stuff will how well that will actually play out i think kerr will default to a lot of divincenzo or you know to michael green but i still think that just for me, it's Curry is so amazing. And I, I just don't think he's going to have much let up. So I think in a playoff, I just, you know, maybe it's, I think Jokic can do it defensively. I think it can still win with him, but I just, I don't think like with Porter and Murray and him, I think that's where the problem comes in for me is if, if they had like, they've gotten, you know, they, they have KCP, they have Gordon, you know, they have some more guys you could defend, but I it's definitely better than the guys they had last year. But I just I, I don't think he has enough support and help um defensively. And so can can they stop these guys? I just don't really see it. I don't see if the Clippers, um the other teams that are in there, you know, if it's the Mavs or Suns, etc. So I went with Steph. Who do you guys got? Well, I, I have the Warriors too, and it, it's more of an Andrew Wiggins thing um, than anything else. Uh, <laughs> big four, big four. <laughs> no, you call – I mean, take a victory lap, D. I mean, Michael gets a victory lap for calling the Warriors we were going to win when Hollinger said they were going to finish like 30 and 50. And you deserve it for standing up for Andrew Wiggins for the beginning and how great he was going to be. Well, I, I think all I, I just said he was a legitimate fourth man. And that, yes, that was uh, maybe the best and most accurate thing I've No, I was like, nailed it. Yeah, you killed it. And that was, I mean, the Nasir Little was a great contract, but like Wiggins at 400, like a 400 is crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, 4105 yeah. or 110 or whatever it was. It's like, He's going to take him until he's 32. It's going to be great. Yeah. So. And I think, um, I mean, I guess there's a little concern about a couple of the role players that they lost last year, but I, I don't think that's going to be significant loss to have Wiseman come in get a second year. Uh, and I think Poole is going to really keep rising. I mean, uh, I know people are wondering about his contract. Uh, I think he's going to prove himself to be a, a better player than Tyler Hero. I know we were, we were talking about that last night, but uh, <laughs> he just looks really good. He played so well in the playoffs. Um, I think he's going to, yeah, just uh, even, yeah, go go one level higher. Uh, so I'm really curious now because you had the Warriors last year, of course, right? Season. Or you just have him as a regular season. Zig right? and zag. Can't no, remember. I had him in the, I had him. I, 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 um, 
I went Warriors last year, and I'm going Warriors again. So oh, <laughs> much to the drama. Oh man, across the board. Mm. <laughs> um, I, I just, I think there's an element that I'm, I'm buying into that, that I actually think the young guys do matter, Ryan. I, I think that's a bit. Um, I think if the young guys don't show up, they're going to have some issues. I mean, there's a lot of auto border and GP2 in that run last year, particularly in the playoffs, that if if those two guys didn't show up in the way they did, um, I don't think they win the title. And and, and you had Otto in the Memphis series particularly, and then you had GP2 in the finals coming back from that injury that I mean, really kind of ch- changed the complexion of, of the way they could play and gave them some flexibility that they um, – they didn't have previously. And so if, if, you know, we gotta, it'll be curious to see if pool um, can continue to evolve into, you know, I would say he had a good playoffs until the finals. He became more of a bit of a bit player in that finals where he was playing like 15 minutes a game because he had some substantial liabilities, but you know, I seen his growth moody and Kaminga and then even Wiseman. I mean, Wiseman's getting a lot of discussion about, He's sort of yeah. in the conversation as part of those three guys again, which I'm I'm really fascinated to see again how that how that translates. But they're just they have the flexibility. I think the other one I did consider probably most strongly was the Clippers, um, simply because of their depth and ability to throw a lot of different um a, a lot of different looks at people. Um that we laugh about Raptors having like the all six nine lineup, they're sort of like like the grown-up version of that, like, may, and they might be a little bit of the geriatric version of that. So, no, it's true. Have, they have a bunch of dudes who can, yeah. I mean, just they're all Leonard and everybody, yeah. But um, they just the reason I think I go Warriors versus Clippers in that circumstance is simply because you know a lot of the strengths of the Clippers don't particularly neutralize the strengths of the Warriors. I I don't think they have, you know, Curry's still going to be a total pain for whoever's guarding him, and then. It's it's not like throwing Kawhi at you know at one of the big wings is all that helpful, right? So um, I also went with the Warriors, but uh, it, it's certainly like it feels maybe it's in line with last year. It, did it feel like to you guys like it's 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 more wide open, kind of like it was? We felt like it was last year, or do you feel like it's much narrower again? Yeah, I, I feel like. Yeah, I I feel like the Clippers were right are right there for me. I, I'm a, I'm super fascinated to see how they do. Like honestly, the first few weeks they're the team I'm most interested to see like what their mix is and how it works because, um, like you said, they have all the they have Toronto West with all the six eight dudes. Um, and they have Wall, they have Jackson. Like, how's this all going to fit together? Because you could see a world where they're in the playoffs and like Norm Powell is coming off the bench and like just like you know they're they're running him and like a bunch of six nine dudes and like norm powell is just just filleting steph and pool like just like scoring on them at will because like he's the only small guy they could try and guard and it's just like unfair um so there's a bunch of iterations like that i mean we like they're they're josiah's favorite team which i give him a hard time about being a front runner but you know i can't since there's no Sonics, I can't give him too much of a hard time. He says he's liked them before they got Leonard and George. I don't know if that's accurate <laughs> or not, but he says he did. He liked them that that year with Beverly when they gave the Warriors a run, of course, et cetera, et cetera. But he but we went and saw them play in uh, 
so it's like three years ago now before the pandemic and in, in, in uh, DC and it like I people forget how good they looked like they were and that's three years ago it's a long time but the, the they looked so good <laughs> like and they were still the same like weird team where they would like sleepwalk through quarters and then they just start going and it was just incredible basketball so um, they were the other team I thought about I think the Nuggets can be there so I, I would say it's similarly wide open I don't um I I think the level of effort for the Warriors to be dominant is going to be hard to do because of like how like Kerr can meld them because I agree with you I think the GB2 loss is huge I think the fact that he could play inside out with them and sort of you know, the Porter thing I'm not as worried about, but like, yeah, tall do you can shoot threes is pretty, pretty great in the NBA. Um, but I, I, I just, I'm more worried again, like the constant worry, which didn't matter last year is that Kerr can really like incorporate these guys, you know, into the, into the rotation and actually like give them minutes, let them make mistakes and, and see if that does it. Um, but obviously the, the dude's won four titles in eight years. He knows what he's doing. So <laughs> well. It is. It's interesting. Like Divincenzo, Jermichael Green. Right. I mean, there's, there's, there's not. There's some bodies there. Not necessarily. They might not be as as pisser perfect, but they're certainly more thoughtful additions than what they had two years ago, where there was clearly kind of they have a type, and it didn't work so well a couple of years ago, and now um, it'll be interesting to see if they can run back what they did last year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, oh, go ahead, D. No, just to your to your question about whether it's more wide open. I, I think about the midpoint last year. It was pretty clear it was either. Phoenix or Golden State. So now it's true. throw in the Clippers and Denver, and of course your Minnesota Timberwolves. It's just much more <laughs> wide open now. I mean, the Memphis Grizzlies were. I mean, I'm not sure how skeptical we were, but they were certainly, you know. Yeah, they were intriguing. I thought we think thought it was just too soon for them to take that next leap, but they did become. They were they were in play. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for the West. I mean, the East is great. I mean, it's just gonna be a fun year in general. But I do think I'm just excited to see like the first month, like a month in, like mid-November, Thanksgiving. Like, where's the West at? Like, what what are we seeing? Like, have teams separated themselves? Um, like who's who's ready to go? Like who's who's got the eye of the tiger coming after the Warriors? Um, so moving from the West to the East. Um, I can go first. Um, I assume continuing the boring, boring, boring part of uh, the pod. I have the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, boo. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know. They have Giannis. If Milton's healthy <laughs> and Holiday's healthy, they can overcome their coach's issues and win another title. <laughs> <laughs> I have them winning the championship too, so I'll just say it out loud. But yeah, I feel like they're the. They're the best bet. Uh, who do you guys have in the East? And who do you guys have winning it? You go ahead, Michael. I too. I, I go bucks, bucks, man. I don't, oh, man. I, it's a, it's a, uh, I guess when we all talk basketball a lot, maybe mine's kind of meld together, but um, the Giannis thing, I'm, I am fully and firmly convinced that the Warriors would have done what they did against anybody in the East, except for Milwaukee. Like if, if, if yeah. Middleton doesn't get hurt, and and or somehow Giannis, you know, they survived that that game seven against the Celtics, and Giannis just doesn't run out of gas, and they get to the conference finals against the Heat, 
and they can scrap together another two weeks for Middleton to get healthy until the finals. I think it'd have been a war, but I just I don't think I think the Bucks would have won. I think the Bucks would have won six. Like I think they would have won. I don't it, think it, it would have been competitive, but I just I don't the, the well the problem is is Drew is literally the prototype to guard staff, right? I mean that's the like but, ho- yeah holiday like the like we we the 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 image of that final series would have basically been the carbon copy of what Drew did to the Blazers mini me's back in 2018 oh, this, this sweep un- year unneeded that's not oh, sorry hear that <laughs> so they just, as, as d-love pointed out the last pod they showed that you can win with little guys they can go to the conference finals just like <laughs> the hawks showed it i think so <laughs> no so the the um so i find myself i think landing on the box in the eastern conference and then also um then then winning it all yeah, and I would, and I would love to see, like Shane, I would love to see that matchup, like Warriors Bucks. I, I, I think, I mean, my assumption is Steph's gonna would go for forty a game. Like, I'm not, I'm not assuming that that Holiday will be able to do that. I think he's more, he's he's better situated to do that than you know Smart was, but still, Smart was the defensive player of the year, and like he basically had no impact on on Steph's, you know, his output and how he produced. I'm just thinking more the sure. other side of the ball. But- it's just like, I'm just thinking Giannis is just going to like go Phoenix on them basically the entire series. I just don't, I guess they would try and do it Looney and Draymond. They would be smart. They'd be tough, but I just feel like it would be foul. They just foul out. <laughs> I don't know. I just, that's where I, I feel like, but yeah. What, what are you thinking, Michael? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I think that, um, you know, they're, the thing that the interesting matchup would probably pivot on the Middleton matchup, right? Yeah, like, Wiggins. Yeah, is wait can Wiggins sort of make him battle? And that's where the Wiggins addition and really turning him to, into an asset was such an, a valuable element of and a testament to Warriors culture is that they were able to turn him into something that you know he just has the physicality from off the wing position that they would never have had otherwise. I mean, they would be they would be in so shafted if if he didn't turn into what he did just because you know being able to throw six eight guys at these scoring wings just makes their life hard um yeah to throw someone at them that is probably a better athlete than a lot of the guys like that's the incredible part it's not like he's not as good he's not as skilled he's not as good but he's definitely like at their level or or better as an athlete and i, I again it's just so crazy like living here and like hearing the sports talk radio when i do listen to it and it's like i just feel like i mean d love like if the blazers had won four titles in eight years like you'd be watching all the games you'd be like doing all engage but you'd be like so happy it wouldn't even like matter right you'd be like this is just house money let's just enjoy enjoy this and the warriors fans are like you know, what's the plan? What's the long-term strategy? <laughs> Where are we going to be in three years? It's like the Tom Brady thing we were talking about before we started the show. It's like, actually enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. My friends. I think the, the Warriors fans then are, they're actually more true to uh, human nature because you would think from the outside that if you win a certain amount of championships, you should be content. And then it's all house money. But People are always uh, prioritize the present. They 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 can't just hoard it because it's never enough, right? Uh, New England Patriots fans, 
they freaked out the last year with Brady. It was like, what is happening? And nobody could say, hey, we want six Super Bowls. It doesn't, ma- doesn't matter. So, <laughs> Bring back so, Jimmy G. We're, yeah. we, we shouldn't let yeah. Jimmy G leave. Yeah. So from afar, it always seems like, yes, we should just, it's all gravy house money. But maybe it's different when you're, because experientially, none of us know what that's like to be part of it. Right? So maybe. Easy guys, for me guys, I live in a city where my baseball team just got swept in the ALDS and there's serious conversation about throwing them a parade. <laughs> so, so, you know, I certainly I mean, don't know what it feels like to win four titles. in eight I years. mean, could you imagine if the Hawks had not won the Super Bowl? Like, I mean, yeah, obviously, we have the storm. We have the storm incredible like franchise like great players great part of the city but the Sounders have had some success but it's just like because it like the Mariners like we didn't go to the playoffs for 21 years and then they changed we only got in the playoffs because they changed the rules and added a wild card <laughs> team and then but because of that we didn't um we didn't get a home playoff game in the first round of the playoffs. So it was like, are we even going to get a home playoff game? Like it's, if it's like, if a tree falls in the forest, did, we, did it fall or not? No one heard it. It's like, do we ever have a home playoff game? Do you make the playoffs? So we have incredible, you know, win in Toronto. We bring it back. Um, like we have all these great changes. The first two games come back. The only home playoff game in 21 years, it goes 18. We lose one zero. Zero runs. That is <laughs> wow. Oh well, turns out we still can't get run support for Felix. <laughs> yeah. He threw out the, yes. he threw out the opening the first pitch. pitch. Oh, the king. oh, nice, nice the one. King. Oh man. That game right. one was such a heartbreaker. Right? Oh boy. To the Astros. Yeah, I feel Oof. like when Robbie Ray came in and he was pitching like it was like I think it's just hard for those guys to go from starter to reliever because he he came in and it felt like he was pitching to like the leadoff hitter, you know, in like a a game in July. And it was like because mm. he kind of like grooved in his fastball and you're just like uh, that first one went in. I was like, and, and I'm, I, you know, I always take the downside view, like ask Josiah. It's always the glass is <laughs> perpetually half empty as a Seattle Mariner fan. Well, uh, my my buddy yeah. Jacob work a diehard Mariners fan. He said it didn't matter. He said whoever they would have put in there, he was hitting a home run. That was his feeling on that. Uh, that's a great coping strategy. I, <laughs> I think that's. I need to adopt that one next. Delusions <laughs> are free. We should all have. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah. I asked the question: Should they have walked him? But then he said, like strategically, that's that would be a big risk to actually walk him. But whatever. <laughs> well, they did. They just had four, like three or four dudes who could all, like you know, hit a home run against any pitcher anytime. That's and true. We had, yeah. we had one. We had one dude like that. So it's a little bit. And, and Cal Raleigh. <laughs> we had Cal Raleigh too. <laughs> but D Love, are you are you with us? Oh, have, oh gosh. Have you gone the other way? Have you gone? I think did the Orlando think... Magic win the championship? <laughs> what happened? The Orlando Magical went in 2030. Um, <laughs> um, you know, guys, we need to start like doing rehearsal or maybe we need to add a fourth person to the pod because I also am Bucks Bucks. It's getting a little stale. So, yeah. No, is, 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 is this where we look each other on the pod in silence and say someone pipes up finally and breaks the silence and says, like when Harry said it to Sally, like, isn't it nice just to sit with someone and not to say anything? <laughs> <laughs> oh nice nice well played uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I I actually did give um, plenty of consideration to Boston, and I really did want to pivot when you guys both predicted Milwaukee just to Ooh, you know, yeah, spice you, things you, up a little you bit. Were but it away. Had to be you true. were away. Yeah, 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 that would have been dishonest and with what i did with the draymond numbers last night i couldn't continue with that (laughs) (laughs) i like that i like that i like that thank you no that's yeah can they overcome it i mean they yeah i mean if 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 williams was healthy i feel like that would like i i just feel like the williams not being healthy thing is much bigger problem than you don't i mean Mm -hmm. obviously interpersonally and like the victim and everything is much worse, but it's just in terms of the basketball part of it. I just feel like the, if Williams was like fully hundred percent healthy, at least as much as he's been in his career, it would just be, I would love that pick for you. Yeah. That's a hard one. Yeah. Conversation really died after we realized we all <laughs> picked Milwaukee gold state and Milwaukee wins. Well, see you later. <laughs> Well, it is fun. We got got we we finally have basketball is back tomorrow night, guys. That's great. Can't wait. Had a regular off season. Now we get the regular season. Can't wait. And I would like to apologize to Wagner uh, for the, the poor French age. So I don't have to come back next week and do that one. And his brother <laughs> and his brother Wagner too. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mo Wagner and Franz Wagner. Uh, noted. <laughs> That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining us at the 3 and D Love NBA Podcast. We'll be back next time. But until then, remember, throw it down, big man. This isn't just a great podcast. It's a triumph of the human spirit. <laughs>